Good morning. Welcome to the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. We're with you Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Certainly grateful to be among you guys this morning and hope that you're having a fantastic day in the name of the Lord. Uh, we are so grateful to be a part of your morning routine and hope that we give you something that will edify, strengthen, and encourage you as you're going about your daily walk, uh, glorifying God in all that you say and do. Uh, we're going to start off with a word of prayer and then we're going to jump into uh, our first topic for this morning. Uh, we're going to actually be watch, listening to a video uh, off of TikTok from a um, from a TikTok um, influencer named Daughter. Uh, but we're going to start off with a word of prayer. Then we're going to jump into that video, and then we're going to move forward in our op in our opening uh, word for today. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we come before you saying thank you for another blessed day in your presence. We're asking, Lord God, that this show be all of you and none of us. Lord God, uh, may you get the glory, may you get the honor, may you get the praise and everything that is said today. Um, strengthen and encourage those who who are having a walk with you, that are um, coupled with you, that are in communion with you. Lord God, we, we, we ask that you just remind us over and over again that you are the greatest treasure that we could ever possess, the best thing that's ever happened to us. Lord God, uh, for those who don't have a walk with you, if they come upon this show on today, Lord God, may they be encouraged to grow curious about you, uh, curious about your ways, curious about your, your wisdom, your love, your guidance, your patience, your kindness, your forgiveness, your zeal, um, and God, may we present you the way that you desire to be presented. Uh, Lord God, let this word not be tainted by my thoughts or my feelings or anything that's going on in my life, Lord. May this word be all of you, the unadulterated gospel of Jesus Christ, that someone may grow to love you, bless you, and honor you, Lord God. May we strengthen, may we encourage on today, may we empower on today to walk in your glory, to walk in your will, and to walk in your way. We're to be so careful, give your name, praise, glory, and honor, and lest we forget, thank Jesus Christ, who paved the way for us by dying on the cross and rising again and crediting his righteousness to us that we may be called the children of God. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray and seal this prayer. Amen. All right. Um, so we're going to jump into a um, a video that was done by daughter. Uh, um, she, her, her, her name is Deanna, and she does a lot of videos. Very, very, very powerful woman of God. Um, does a lot of videos talking about the character and the nature of God and her relationship with him. And she gives us a really good inside look into the life that she has with God and some of the things and the wisdom that God be just showing to her. She's giving her just dropping bombs and nuggets all up in her soul. And the fact that she shares those things with us as the believers in God is just a freaking awesome thing. Um, and so I'm going to play a clip for you guys um, that she just posted um, not too long ago. And we're going to um, jump into the word after that. So give me one second to clip it. And here we go. And then calling or purpose in ministry will not fulfill you. You ever experience those moments where God challenges your systems and you're like, oh my gosh, is he even allowed to say that? I had done business before in fitness and come to realize that it was completely unfulfilling. So in a search for fulfillment, I assumed that being heavily involved in ministry would be the thing that would really fulfill me. Doing things for God must be the key to satisfaction in this life, right? I chased a calling, looking for direction from God in every aspect of my life. 
which only created more bondage for me because I believed everything I heard, never questioned any systems, and assumed that doing the work of God would fulfill me. Fast forward a year or two later, I found myself in the middle of ministry wondering why I was still not fulfilled. How could it be that I left worldly things in order to pursue godly things? And I still wasn't fulfilled. What was wrong with me? What was missing? I began to ask myself questions like, what are godly things? Is my perspective of what's godly actually of God? Or is it a system that's been passed down by man? What are worldly things? Are the things in the world in and of themselves worldly? Or is it our perversion that causes a thing to be worldly? He said, Diana, the only thing that will satisfy you is communion with me. I almost expected leading people to God, writing books, talking about my relationship with God to fulfill me. But what happens when you even reach the church's ideal of success and you still end up asking, what am I doing all this for? I actually felt terrible saying things like that out loud. So I thought to myself, maybe something's wrong with me. Maybe I'm not doing this right. Maybe I need to quit and start something else. Maybe I'm not in the right field of ministry. Maybe I'm not doing the right type of ministry. Again, I was missing it. The Lord brought me into a place where both extremes, being super obsessed with self-ambition and heavily enveloped in ministry, would still leave me reaching for more, wanting more. And I was wondering why I wasn't satisfied. I said, Diana, don't you see that you are solely meant and purpose to be in communion with me, to be in relationship with me? When anything you pursue causes you to chase that thing, thinking that it will fulfill you, it has become an idol. It's become an idol because it's taking the place of what true communion produces in your life. He said, Diana, the only thing that you truly need in this life is relationship with your father. Everything flows from that place. It is the only place that even when you are full, you will still want more, but not from a place of lack. He said, you can go on to write 20 books about your relationship with me. You can create a new ministry, start a house, be on a TV show. You can start all these things in the sake of my name or for the sake of my name. Those things cannot fulfill you because they did not create you. That doesn't mean that it won't bring you joy and freedom and experiences, even lessons. But true fulfillment and true satisfaction only comes through communion with me. And even that is a beautiful journey that we will walk through together. This is all to reveal to you the freedom that you have in me. I have been guilty of claiming the freedom through the blood of Jesus, but not actually living it. Or walking blindly in ignorance, never questioning the things that I was being taught. He began to show me how much freedom lies in that simple truth, that I can walk in my natural gifts and abilities that he's gifted me with and fully be aware that they will never fulfill or satisfy me and that only he can, that I do not have to fear and chase purpose because my purpose is to be in communion with him, to be in relationship with him. That the blood of Jesus granted me way more freedom than I can even comprehend right now, but he is a faithful teacher and he will show me those things. That to go and preach the gospel means reaching the one in your local gym instead of waiting around for God to open a door so that you can be on a stage. That I can be an accountant, a professor, a teacher, a nail tech, and realize whether I'm sharing my gift with a believer or an unbeliever, I am still only fulfilled by him. He said, Diana, yeah, I will grow you in the wisdom of understanding that anything outside of me will not bring you satisfaction and freedom. And understanding this is freedom. Imagine living a life without fearing, am I doing this right? Am I walking in the right purpose? I only know if I'm doing that because I'll feel fulfillment. And if I don't feel fulfillment, then I must be doing it wrong. Nothing on earth that I pursue will fulfill me outside of my relationship with God.
because I now know this. I don't have to fear pursuing a thing, thinking that the end result must be fulfillment. Maybe this whole thing has been about the fact that he will walk us to and through things to reveal to us where true satisfaction comes from, even in the middle of ministry. Look at the freedom. The audiobook for Unraveled is dropping very, very soon. Read by yours truly. Stay tuned. He said, Diana, even if... Just spitting bars, spitting bars. God, it's so hard for me to be quiet. Just wanted to drop bars on everything she was saying. Just, gosh almighty. Okay, so let's talk. Uh, we talked about this a little bit yesterday, either yesterday or the day before. Um, I can't remember. Um, when we were talking about the fact that um, for many of us, we are seeking validation um, from, you know, the people that, you know, from people, we want the praise of men. And so when I saw that video, it kind of, kind of flowed into that same conversation. Um, but from a different perspective and from that, I want to start with Matthew chapter six, starting in verse 19, uh, Matthew chapter six, starting in verse number 19. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. If we then go to the book of Mark, Mark chapter 17, Mark chapter 10, verse number 17, Mark chapter 10, verse number 17. As he was setting out on his journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments, do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud, honor your father and mother. And he said to Jesus, teacher, I have done, I've kept all these from my youth. And Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, you lack one thing, go sell all that you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. Disheartened by the saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. And Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How difficult will it be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God? In John chapter 5, starting at verse 37, The Father who, has, who sent me, has he has himself borne witness about me his voice you have never heard his form you have never seen and you do not have his word abiding in you for you do not believe the one whom he has sent you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life and it is they that bear witness about me yet you refuse to come to me that you may have life I do not receive glory from people, but I know that you do not have the love of God within you. I have come in my father's name 
and you do not receive me. If another comes in his own name, you'll receive him. How can you believe when you receive glory from one another and do not seek the glory that comes from the only God? Do not think that I will accuse you to the Father. There is one who accuses you, Moses, on whom you have set your hope. For if you believe Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote of me. But if you do not believe his writings, how will you believe my words? Many of us, you know, we talked about the validation the other day. Many of us are seeking fulfillment and satisfaction through major accomplishment. We perform very, very well, seeking fulfillment internally. We seek et et eternal fulfillment that I'm doing something, doing something meaningful, doing something purposeful. A lot of us are chasing after purpose. We want so badly to be a part of something grand and great and spectacular. We want to know that we have done something that's going to matter in the world. We want to put our stamp on the world. We want to make our mark. We want to, we want to be known for something. So we go out into the world, we figure out what profession we want to get into, and so we, we, we go to school, we go to college, or we go get a tech you know, certificate, or we you know, become an entrepreneur. You know, we, we go about when we figure out what it is that we want to do, and we want to make our mark, and we want to be known for what we're doing in the world. And so we, we, we get the degrees, we get the certifications, we do our all, our, we go and get the job, we work up the ladder, and we're wanting to make our mark. We want to be known, and we want to fulfill something. We want to be known for something. We want to, you know, gain that satisfaction through the uh, through the accumulation of um of achievements and accolades and accomplishments. We want the plaques, and we want the the trophies and we want the, the 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 we want the employee of the month we want you know person of the year we want to be on on the magazine spreads and we want to be you know a part of the who's who we want to have that fulfillment within our hearts having done something in this world we want to be known for something and when that doesn't work, when that doesn't satisfy us, some of us will join in being a part of the, the, uh, the brotherhood of the saints, be a part of the Christian union, be a brother or sister in Christ and be a disciple of the Lord and, you know, become a Christian. We do that, but we're still longing to be known for something. So we'll get heavily involved in ministry. We'll join every, you know, auxiliary, be a part of every ministry that's available to us. We join the Bible studies. We join the, the small groups. We join the soup kitchens. We join, um, you know, whatever you put your hand on. I'm, I'm going to be an usher. I'm going to be in the choir. I'm going to become a minister, become a pastor, become a bishop, become a deacon, become an elder. We, we become all these different things so we can put all these titles on us so we can feel a sense of fulfillment in the things. Thinking that those things that we're doing are going to fulfill us, 
are going to satisfy us, are going to give us a sense of belonging, give us a sense of joy, give us a sense of peace. And we can sometimes run. We're running so hard, gunning so hard to be fulfilled on the inside by all this religious activity in the name of Jesus. And we can be sincere about it. Let, 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 let me, let's be clear. This is very insidious. It's so deceptive. We don't even realize that it's a bad thing that's happening because we, I gotta, I gotta go, I gotta do this. It's my purpose. It's my destiny. I have to be a part of this ministry. I have to be a part of nine ministries. I'm, I'm running. I'm gunning. This is the only way I'm going to be satisfied. The only way I'm going to be filled. The only way I'm going to find fulfillment. And lo and behold, after a certain point, the ministry that we're a part of, we start to burn out. It's no longer fulfilling. It's no longer satisfying. I've been an usher long enough. I don't want to be an usher no more. You know, I've, I've taught Bible study long enough and I'm still not, I'm still not satisfied. So I need to, so I need to, um, so I need to make sure that I'm, you know, doing, you know, so I need to go do something else. I need to go be a part of something else. You know, I've, 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 I've preached long enough. I need to go and do something else. You know, I've, I've, I've been a part of this ministry enough and it's, it's, it's not doing what it used to do. It's not feeling the same way that it used to feel. And so I need to go do something else. And so, so we start steady trying to find something, still trying to find something to satisfy the longings of the soul. So we'll expand it. You know, we're like, okay, so let me go out into the, let me go out into my local community and let me, let me join this and let me join that to, 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 to find that fulfillment. Let me. Go and preach the word to to the people that are in the, on the streets, or let me go to my you know to my to my job and start preaching the gospel there, or let me you know find something outside of myself. Let me build a platform. Let me build you know a TikTok you know um, following. Let me build an Instagram following. Let me fo- do a YouTube following. Let me make tapes. Let me do all these different things in an attempt to find something that satisfies the longings of the soul, that satisfies what's going on inside our souls you know because again I, I i'm just not i'm not feeling fulfilled i feel like i, I feel like god's shifting my purpose i feel like he's shifting my destiny and as a result we have all these different projects our hands are in so many different things so many different pots all in an attempt to satisfy a longing of the soul that we still haven't found we still haven't found it's going to give it to us and I'm talking about believers, people who say they've given their lives to Christ, but the insidiousness of fulfillment, I got to sneeze, Ooh, excuse me, to, so to, to find fulfillment, the idol of fulfillment, the idol of purpose, the idol of destiny rests so heavy on our souls that we can sometimes mistake all the different things that we're doing, all the studying that we're doing, all the praying that we're doing, all the frivolous activities that we're involved in, both in and outside of the church, we can mistake that as the purpose and mistake that as the thing that will fulfill the longings of the soul. God just dropped this in my lap.
he said he said this in Ecclesiastes chapter 2 starting at verse 12 so I turn to consider wisdom and madness and folly for what can the man do what can the man do who comes after the king only what has already been done then I saw that there is more gain in wisdom than in folly as there is more gain in light than in darkness the wise person has his eyes in his head, but the fool walks in darkness. And yet I perceive that the same event happens to all of them. Then I said in my heart, what happens to the fool will happen to me also. Why then have I been so very wise? And I said in my heart that this is also vanity. For the wise, for of the wise, as of the fool, there is no enduring remembrance seeing that in the days to come all will have been long forgotten, how the wise dies just like the fool. So I hated life, because what is done under the sun was grievous to me, for all is vanity and is striving, and a, and a, um, striving after wind. I hated all my toil in which I toil under the sun, seeing that I must leave it to the man who will come after me, and who knows whether he will be a wise or a fool, yet he will be a master of all of which I've toiled and used my wisdom under the sun. This is also vanity. So I turned about and gave my heart up to despair over all the toil of my labors under the sun, because sometimes a person who has toiled with wisdom and knowledge and skill must leave everything to be enjoyed by someone who did not toil for it. This also is vanity and a great evil. What has a man from all the toil and striving of heart with which he toils on, on beneath the sun? For all his days are full of sorrow and his work is a vexation. Even the, in the night his heart does not rest. This also is vanity. There is nothing better for a person that he should eat and drink and find enjoyment in his toil. <clears throat> this also I saw is from the hand of God. For apart from him... Who can eat or have or can have enjoyment? For to the one who pleases him, God has given wisdom and knowledge and joy. But to the sinner, he has given the business of gathering and collecting only to give to one who pleases God. This also is vanity and a striving after the wind. What Solomon realized toward the twilight years of his life is that Everything that he did was all meaningless. He still couldn't find what his soul was looking for. Hashtag you too. And all the looking and all the doing and all the activity and all the fun and all the excitement and all the joy and all the laboring and all the building and all the, you know, financing that he did. None of those things could satisfy his soul. None of it, even doing religious works, could not satisfy the longings of his soul. The rich young man, he, he followed the commandments. Thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not murder. Honor your father and mother, love God, love others. Oh, I've been doing all that, yeah. What else I got to do to get into the kingdom? Oh, I'm a homie, I'm a homie. Jesus tells him, sell all your stuff, give to the poor, Come follow me and I'll give you riches in heaven. And the man walked away sad. Why? 
because he thought that his religious works was going to get him into the kingdom. Like, okay, I done did all that, Lord, all right. But it's a heart posture. His fulfillment and his satisfaction was not in the Lord. His fulfillment and satisfaction was in the things that he had accumulated and his accomplishments. Um, that's coming out of Mark um, chapter 10. Coming out of Mark chapter 10. Um, and let me give you the verses. Mark chapter 10. Again, looking at verses 17 through 25. Mark 10, 17 through 25. And so again, he thought he, he, thought he had it. He, he was in because of all the works. He thought the works were fulfilling enough for him. But he walked away sad because his heart's posture was about his stuff. And for us as believers in God, we can sometimes minimize or devalue communion with God in favor of religious activity. Let me do all the stuff. That's what's going to satisfy me. Let me get involved in ministry. That's what's going to satisfy me. Let me be, let me become a, a preacher. That's what's going to satisfy me. Let me become a deacon. That's what's going to satisfy me. Let me become the head of the youth department. That's what's going to satisfy me. Let me sing in the choir. That's what's going to satisfy me. And so, and so sometimes we'll do this in an attempt to absolve ourselves of all the wrong that we've done in our lives. Because we're so afraid of going to hell that if I get involved in all these religious activities, that's what's going to solve this, this the, the heart problem. Like, I need to get back in church. I need to get back. I need to get back in the ministry. I need to be, I'm, 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 I'm forsaking my calling. I'm forsaking my purpose. I'm forsaking my destiny. And that's what's going to satisfy me. Do you realize how many people are burned out of ministry because they were chasing after forgiveness through their works? They thought their works would get them the forgiveness. Their works would get them absolution. Their works would cleanse their hearts. They thought, if I get with the church, that's what's going to satisfy me. That's what's going to fulfill me. That's what's going to give me peace. And so we're simply, we're simply replacing the world in worldly pursuits with churchy pursuits. And all the while, we're still not satisfied. Because the one who we're supposed to be chasing after is still a far distant memory or a far, is a far distant second compared to what we're truly chasing after. We, we say we love the Lord. And again, for the believer, we do. We love the Lord. But that insidious desire for purpose, that insidious desire for meaning, that insidious desire for satisfaction, that insidious desire for, for belonging to something in this world, the tendency of our hearts to want to belong and join up and have satisfaction and, 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 and peace in something, all we sometimes do will replace worldly pursuits with churchy pursuits. And we're still not chasing the one who is meant to give it to give it all to us. We still don't have communion with God himself. We search the scriptures, which means we study the scriptures. We memorize scriptures. We bury scriptures deep into our hearts, thinking that memorizing scripture, knowing the scriptures backward and forward 
is, is what God is seeking after. But God isn't seeking after people who memorize scripture. He's seeking, he's seeking people who, or rather, let me, I'm saying it, I'm, I'm kind of saying it backward. Let me, let me do it this way. We think that by memorizing scripture, that is what's going to get us into the kingdom. But Christ is saying to us today, it's not about the scriptures. It's about the God of the scriptures. We memorize scripture, not so that we can be empowered by the word as if the word itself, the words themselves is what gives us life. No, it's the Christ of the words that gives us life. We search the scriptures in search of the one. We search the scriptures in search of the one who said, if you come to me, all who, lay are, who, who are weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest for your souls. We don't search the scriptures so that we can memorize them and that gives us peace. Memorize them and they give us the seven steps to this. We, we, we learn these, these words so we can know him. We can commune with him. We can connect to him. The creator of all things, the creator of the universe longs to have a relationship with us. A desire to have a relationship with us. His creation. And we have the opportunity to commune with him and come to the realization that nothing in this world can satisfy us like Jesus can. But our being satisfied in him is not contingent upon works. See, we make the mistake of thinking that by our works, we will be fulfilled. But Jesus is telling us today, it's not by your works that you'll be fulfilled. It's through me that you will be fulfilled. You can go on to cure cancer and still not make it into the kingdom because you don't have me. Still, after you've cured cancer, still looking for the next thing to conquer. Because, and, and being dissatisfied in the soul. Not, it's not being enough in your soul. And it's because you cured cancer, sure. But curing cancer wasn't what was going to bring you fulfillment. The only thing that can bring you fulfillment is me. Yes, you went on to, you know, to, to write the greatest books known to man. But you wrote the book. Okay, now what? You got the car. You got the house. You got the spouse. You got the kids. You got the fat bank account. Now what? You got this big old house. But you still going to bed at night tortured and tormented in your mind. Tortured and tormented in your soul. Had a client yesterday. This man has had everything he could ever possibly want under the sun. But his mind is so warped and twisted that it was never enough for him. So he turned to looking sad and disfigured all the time in an attempt to gain attention from people. So he can feel fulfilled and satisfied. I got their attention. Got everything you could ever ask for. You put a different person in his shoes, they, they feel like they won the lottery. This man has everything you could ever ask for. Done made money on top of money. Got cars given to him. 
and yet still having a longing of the soul because he can't find satisfaction in the stuff. You got ministers and pastors and bishops and deacons who burn out all the time because their fulfillment was in preaching and not in Jesus. They can, they masters of the gospel can preach sermons for days and yet their souls still be so dissatisfied because they were searching for fulfillment in the activity and not in him. <clears throat> when I lost the church um, in 2021, you know, I spent a good year and a half, year and some change upset with God, not realizing I was upset with God, but it was manifesting itself in so many different ways. And, you know, there was this opportunity to go pastor this other church. And, you know, here I am. Yes, this is destiny. This is what God meant. You know, I was supposed to go from that church and, you know, learn the lessons from that church and I'm going to apply them to learn to go into this church and I'm going to apply the same thing. And my soul was still so tortured and tormented that I wasn't in a good place to be the pastor of their church. And in that moment, realizing I, I can't do, I can't do this. I'm not in a good space with God. And if I'm not in a good space with God, I know I can't lead y'all. I, I can't preach to y'all. I can, I can preach, sure. But I'm so tormented within my own soul, looking for something to satisfy the longs of the soul and not going to God like I tell everybody else to go to God. I can't, I can't, I can't serve y'all right now. You know, maybe in two years, if y'all still looking for somebody, come holler at your boy, you know, but, you know, but right now I can't do this. And they were like, God, please come, please, you know, we'll, we can grow in our relationship with God together. We can do this together. I was like, no, I, I cannot in good faith, knowing who God is, even though I ain't really rocking with him like that right now, I cannot in good faith join this church and tell y'all to follow Jesus when I'm not following Jesus, that, that's, that, that, that don't sit well with me as much as, you know, I'm not rocking with him right now. I still respect God enough to know I can't, I can't do this because I don't get fulfillment from being a pastor. I get, I'm supposed to be getting fulfillment from the Lord. If I can't be fulfilled with him, I can't preach to y'all be fulfilled in the Lord. Like the math ain't mathing on that. And so in that space, I had to back up from ministry. I'm like, no, I can't do this. I cannot in good faith and good conscience do this. This ain't this is not gonna work. I cannot because my soul ain't ready. My soul's not there. You know, I can't I cannot do this and tell y'all follow Jesus and your pastor ain't following Jesus. And I had to be real about that. I'm not in a good space. But you got a lot of pastors and a lot of preachers and a lot of youth ministers and a lot of, um, you know, uh, people that are in ministry right now that are in ministry because that's where they're getting their fulfillment from, from the work of the ministry, not the God of the ministry, not the God of the work. And so they get burned out real easily. I, and I got, I got to go. I, I got to go. I got to go. This ain't my, this ain't my time. It ain't my place no more. I got to go do something else. Let me go do something else. Let me go do something else. And God is telling us through the words, through the words today, nothing in this world, not even a godly pursuit, 
was built to satisfy the longings of the soul. You can pursue your career and pursue it with integrity. You can pursue it with integrity, but it's never going to satisfy the longings of your soul. You can pursue godly, godly things, being a part of the praise team, being a part of the worship team, being a part of um, ministry, being a part of Bible studies, being a part of, you know, women's group, men's group. You can be a part of Celebrate Recovery, all these different things. And your soul still be tortured and tormented because you're looking for satisfaction in the work, through the work. You're looking for fulfillment through the work. Go on to write books for days on the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for you and still find yourself tortured and tormented in the soul. How many of how many of our um of our um pastors have we seen, you know, and our, our ministers have we seen that have unalived themselves? I'm talking about straight up monsters, beasts. Beasts when it comes to the ministry. And yet, they're so tortured and tormented in the soul because they were seeking fulfillment and satisfaction in the things they were doing and not the God of the things. How many of us today, we're looking around all over the world. I'm talking to both Christians and unbelievers. We've been, we're searching all over this world Looking for something to satisfy the longings of our souls. And everything has come up short. Every two or three years, you got a new set of friends because the old friends just ain't just ain't satisfying you the way that they used to. Just ain't bringing you fulfillment like they used to. Every two or three years, you're moving to another city because, okay, I'm, I'm bored with this city. This city ain't doing it for me no more. I need to move. Jumping from one relationship to another because this relationship ain't satisfying me. This relationship ain't satisfying me. This relationship ain't satisfying me. And so I need to, I need to jump until I find the perfect relationship that's going to give me everything that I'm looking for. Jumping from job to job because this job ain't fulfilling me like um, like it used to. And they said on the um they said on you know this this website that you should be changing jobs every two to three years anyway. That you should never stay stagnant in one job. Never mind the fact that our parents and our grandparents and our great grandparents worked jobs for 30, 40 years. <laughs> but that's besides the point. But we're jumping from job to job because we we're, we're never satisfied. Never satisfied. Never fulfilled. Enough to stay somewhere, stay planted somewhere. We jump from church to church because this church ain't fulfilling me. I ain't growing here. I'm not, you know, I'm not, they're not using me like they should at this place. So I'm going to go to this place. And listen, I'm talking to myself, homie. Jump from church to church to church because they ain't using me the way that I ought to be used. They, they're not, they're not fulfilling my purpose. Fulfilling my destiny. When God tells us in the word, your only purpose, can I, can I please stick a pen in this? Y'all hear me today. You don't hear nothing else from me today. Your purpose is to glorify God. Glorify God, make disciples, love God and love one another. That's it. That is your purpose. It. 
glorify God, make disciples, love God, love one another. That's it. Your purpose, your destiny, it ain't tied into doing something the way you think it is. It's simply glorify him in all that you do. Whatever, whatever you do, whether you eat, drink, whatever you do, do all for the glory of God. Go ye therefore, make disciples, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. For by this they will know that you are my disciples. By doing works of the ministry. That ain't what he said. By doing something great and spectacular in the name of the Lord. That's not what he said. By writing books in my name. That's not what he said. By, you know, going to the masses, going to your jobs and preaching hellfire down. That's not what he said. By this they will know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. That is your destiny. That is your purpose. Now, if it manifests itself to becoming some dynamic ministry, to God be the glory. But if the only people that God has you reach... Are your kids. To God be the glory. You can preach. To the masses. To God be the glory. If you a nail tech. And while you doing somebody's nails. You giving them the goodness of Jesus. And all that, that, that he did for you. To God be the glory. Because your purpose. Your destiny. Is not tethered to what you do it's tethered to who you're connected with your destiny is about God and your relationship with him and as he molds and shapes you into his image you reflect his glory in the world your fulfillment doesn't come from what you do your fulfillment comes from who you're connected to and we as the believers in God, we need to make sure of our calling and our election. The call on your life is not what you do. The call on your life is who you're connected to. Whether you are a pastor or whether you are a janitor, do all for the glory of God. Whether you preach conferences or whether you share Jesus with your kids for the glory of God. For the glory of God. What does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? What does it profit a man to gain notoriety, to gain influence, to gain all these different things? And forfeit his soul. You can do all the ministry you want. And your soul still be lost. Because if God can use a donkey to get a word to somebody. 
He can use anybody to get a word through. You don't have to be a believer for God to use you. You got a lot of pastors in the, in these churches right now. They are not in the kingdom. They are not in the kingdom. But upon repentance and belief, anybody can get in. And God transforms that heart. We have to be careful to not twist what we see in these words to think that now I got to transfer all of my works into ministry. If God so decides to lead you in that direction, so be it. But never lose your connection in, um, to him in exchange for your relationship with him. I put it like this. You shouldn't open your Bible and read your word only when it's time to teach. You shouldn't open your Bible and read something about the Lord when it's your turn to teach something. It shouldn't be when you're at church that all of a sudden now I'm praying. It shouldn't be because the church is calling for a corporate fast that now you're fasting. It shouldn't just be that because I'm, you know, in the praise team and the worship team that now I'm listening to the music, the gospel music. It shouldn't be that when it's time to work, that's when I'm cracking things open. If that's the only time that you and God are having a are, are in communion with each other, check your heart. Check your heart. Again. Preaching to myself. Check your heart. Because for a lot of us, we think that we're communion, we're, we're in communion with the Lord, but our communion with the Lord is only attached to what we do on Sunday. Only attached to what we do on Wednesday. Only attached to what we do when we're performing. Because again, let's call a spade a spade. It's, it's, you know, we're performing. We're performing. You know, and that's okay. It's okay. We just got to admit it. We just got to say it. We got we to gotta put it out there. We are performing. We're performing a work in front of people. But who are we doing it for? Come on. Again, we can say to God be the glory all day, but are we really doing it for God's glory or are we doing it for self-glory? We got to call this stuff out. Because our relationships with Jesus are so shallow in the 21st century. We got to call this stuff out so that we can dig deeper into our relationship with him. Got to dig deeper. And in order to dig deeper, we got to call these things out, bring them out to the forefront and slay them on the altar. Are you getting your fulfillment from Jesus or are you getting your fulfillment from what you do at, on Sunday morning? Are those three hours the only time that you're spending with the Lord? 
two or one, depending upon how long or short your work, your um your Sunday morning um you know activity is. Is that the only time that God that's is that the only time that God has your attention? That the only time that God has your affection? And let's call a spade a spade. Are you really are it, does God really have your attention then? Or are you simply filling a role to check it off the checkbox of personal fulfillment? We as the believers in God, we have to be in one lockstep with him. We've got to be in lockstep with him. But we need the power of the Holy Spirit to do this. It's not by our might. It's not by our strength. It's not by our work. It is the power of the Holy Spirit that lives in us that we are able to do this thing. And so again, don't think that we have to empower ourselves to have a deep relationship with the Lord. No, we need to pray the, to the Spirit. And what did, what did Christ say? Ask and it shall be given. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened. Because if we as fathers can give good gifts to our kids, how much more will our Heavenly Father give us the Holy Spirit when we ask? So you want you want more time with me? I get I got you. I'm finna I'm finna show you some stuff. How long you spend on your phone? Scrolling through TikTok. Scrolling through Insta. Scrolling through Facebook. Scrolling. If you scroll, 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 can you give me five minutes off that scrolling? Put a Bible app on your phone. You ain't even got it ain't you ain't even gotta you ain't even gotta read it. I'll read to you. I'll read to you. You ain't even you ain't even gotta read it, dog. I'll, I'll let somebody read it to you. You listening to Nicki Minaj and Cardi B and, and Triple Extension and you know and uh, six nine six nine. You know you want to throw in you know a Jeremy Camp every now and then. Throw in a for king and country every now and then. You know, just to get it in the mix. Just throw it in there, little Fred Hammond every now and then. Get your soul stirred up a little Kirk, a little Kirk Franklin. You know. I I'll find the time. If you if you let me, I'll find a way to invade your space. And the more that we delight ourselves in the Lord, this is what I this is what I love about that scripture. And, and people's, you know, of course, they delight themselves in the Lord. He'll give me stuff. He says, if you delight yourself in the Lord, I will give you the desires of your heart. If we desire more, if we desire Him, how free <laughs> He is! Like I'll give you more of me. Delight, you're delighting yourself in me. If your heart's desire is me, I'm going to give you more. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Don't worry about what you're going to eat. Don't worry about what you're going to wear. Don't worry about what you... I got that. All that's taken care of. I see what you did, God. This week, you know, I got a bunch of shirts. You know, I don't know if y'all noticed. I have for me. You know, I got a whole bunch of shirts in my closet. And I haven't worn them in months. 
primarily because I got a job where I work from home, so I ain't got to dress up to go to work like that no more. And so, you know, I haven't worn these shirts in months. And, you know, I've been recycling through the same shirts. I'm like, dude, I got um all these shirts, you know, but I keep wearing the same things. And I looked in and I saw it's because this shirt and shirts like it are wrinkled. And so if I want to wear the shirts, I got to iron them. So I ironed all my shirts on Sunday. Now, I don't have to worry about what to put on. I just grab a shirt, throw it on, sit down. That has freed up my time and my energy thinking about what am I going to wear. And I can now devote more time to the Lord. Devote more time to other things. God is saying, you want more time with me? I can make it. I can make it happen. But you got to give it to me and you got to follow me. If I'm leading you in this direction, I need you to move. If I'm leading you here, I need you to go. If I'm telling you to see this, go, do. And that is how we can find fulfillment and peace in this world. Not by our works, not by our might, not by our own strength, but by Christ. Seeking him, becoming one with him, loving him, delighting ourselves in him. So I encourage all of us today, <clears throat> encourage all of us today here on the True Gospel Morning Show. If you're looking for fulfillment and satisfaction in your stuff, in your activities, in your job, in your religious works, you're not going to find them. You're not going to find it there. Your fulfillment comes from Jesus. Your, your eternal peace comes from Jesus. Not from preaching. Your eternal peace comes from Jesus. Not from you being in, being in the choir. Your, your peace comes from Jesus. Not from pastoring. Your fulfillment comes from Jesus. Not from the True Gospel Morning Show. <laughs> Your, your fulfillment comes from Jesus, not from being an influencer. Your, it comes from Jesus, not from working your tail off on, at, at the job that you, that you have. Your fulfillment comes from Jesus. So if you have a relationship with him and you feel like, you feel like it's not happening the way that you want it to, your fulfillment ain't coming, seek the one. Go to the one. Commune with the one. Your works are not going to do it. Ecclesiastes 3.11 Eternity has been placed in our hearts. And the only thing that can fill eternity is religious works. Danny, what he said. The only thing that can fulfill eternity is the is something eternal. And the only thing that's eternal is Jesus. And so, if you're here today and you're looking for that fulfillment, 
you're looking for that satisfaction, you're looking for that peace, I submit to you, look to the one who has promised us that if we cast all of our cares on him, he will find, he will give us rest for our souls. Amen. You're watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. We're with you Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're certainly grateful for the 717 likes that we've gotten so far. Thank you for every like. Thank you for every follow. Thank you for every share. Thank you for every comment that you put in the comment box. If you do decide to give to this show, know that every dime that, we, that you give is not going to me. I, I make my own money. I got my own job. I pay my own bills. Every dime that you give goes straight to the ministry to keep up our website and to keep up our subscriptions. If you've missed any part of this show or you want to catch up on past episodes, you can go to Spotify or Apple Podcasts right now and subscribe to the True Gospel Morning Show, the podcast, and have access to every episode. We upload as soon as this show ends, and it should be available by 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for your listening pleasure. And so if you miss any part of this message, go feel free to go to Spotify and Apple Podcasts right now and subscribe to the True Gospel Morning Show. We'll be right back in just a moment. watching the true gospel morning show with your boy eddie d right here on tiktok live we're with you monday through friday 6 a.m to 8 a.m eastern standard time certainly thank you guys for the thousand likes that we have received on today and grateful for every person who is following commenting and liking and sharing this live on this morning we had a question that came from um a um, watcher of the show um, sometimes last week, sometime last week, and he asked the question, do those in the world know their deeds are wicked? And as an aside, if you do have any question or comment or concern, feel free to drop down in the comment box below and hit me up with any questions or comments that you may have. Um, no question is out of bounds. We just ask that you keep it classy so that way this show can continue when we don't get banned. If you acting out of pocket, we're going to have to give you the mute button. Um, you're welcome to stay, but we're just going to have to give you the mute button. 
Uh, but again, if you have any question or concern, whether believer or unbeliever, feel free to drop down in the comment box right now and put in whatever question or concern that you have. And we may not answer it today, but we may answer it on a future episode of the True Gospel Morning Show. So again, um, he asked the question, do those in the world know their deeds are wicked? Um, and so from, from that, I want to go into the book of Romans and I'm going to do a lot of walking through Romans one and two. So bear with me. Um, but I, but we need this as a backdrop to answer the question. Do people know that their deeds are indeed wicked? Um, we're going to start with verse 16 of chapter one, Romans chapter one, starting at verse 16. I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith, as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. Now, I want us to highlight that. By their unrighteousness, suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in everything that has been made. So they are without excuse. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him. But they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. Verse, tw verse 28. And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind or reprobated mind to do what ought not to be done. Scrolling down to verse 32, though they know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them, but give approval to those who practice them. Okay. Now, if we go into chapter two, there's this part that we really don't take a lot of time you know, talking about chosen ones. Good morning. How are you? Welcome to the True Gospel Morning Show. Hope you're having a great day. I feel like you might be new. You might be new to the show. Appreciate you for stopping by. Verse number 12. And again, I got to do I'm going to do a lot of walking because again, trying to get to a point. Chapter two, verse 12. For all who have sinned without the law will also perish without the law. And all who have sinned under the law will be judged by the law. For it is not the hearers of the law who are righteous before God, but the doers of the law who will be justified. For when Gentiles who do not have the law, and that's important, by nature do what the law requires, they are a law to themselves, even though they do not have the law. They show that the work of the law is written on their hearts, while their conscience also bears witness and their conflicting thoughts accuse or even excuse them on that day when, according to my gospel, God judges the secrets of men by Christ Jesus. 
But if you call yourself a Jew and rely on the law and boast in God and know his will and approve what is excellent. Oh, I love how that I love how that went. Let me do that again. But if you call yourself a Jew and rely on the law and boast in God and know his will and approve what is excellent. That, 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 okay, we see you, poet. We see you. We see you, Paul. And if you are sure that you yourself are a guide to the blind, a light to those who are in darkness, an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of children, having in the law the embodiment of knowledge and truth, you then who teach others, do you not teach yourself? While you preach against stealing, do you steal? You say to the one, you say that one must not commit adultery. Do you commit adultery? You who abhor idols, do you rob temples? You who boast in the law dishonor God by breaking the law. For as it is written, the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you. For circumcision is of value if you obey the law. But if you break the law, your circumcision becomes uncircumcision. So if a man who is uncircumcised keeps the precepts of the law, will not his uncircumcision be regarded as circumcision? Then he who is physically uncircumcised but keeps the law will condemn you who have the written code and circumcision but break the law. For no one is a Jew who is merely one outwardly, nor is circumcision outward and physical. But a Jew is one inwardly, and circumcision is a matter of the heart by the spirit, not by the letter. His praise is not from man, but from God. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Everybody in the world has a knowledge of good and bad. Everyone intrinsically knows that there's a difference between good and bad. Intrinsically, we know this. Inside of our hearts, we know this. We know that there's a difference between good and bad. Everybody knows this. Right? So, when the question asks, do those in the world know their deeds are wicked? Yes. Here's how. Regardless of whether you have a relationship with God or not, and regardless of whether you know who you get to figure out who Jesus is or not, everybody has an intrinsic knowledge of good and bad, good and evil, right and wrong. Everybody has that intrinsically we know the difference between good and bad intrinsically within our hearts we know no matter what culture you're in no matter what creed you're in no matter what life background you're in everybody 
in this entire world, past, present, and future, has an intrinsic knowledge of good, bad, right, wrong, good, evil. All of us do. And God tells us through, through the word, tells us that everybody will be judged accordingly. This is prior to a knowledge of the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you never hear the gospel, you talk about you go from birth to death and you never hear the gospel. God says, you will be judged by your knowledge of good and evil, right and wrong. That is intrinsically a part of you and based in your culture. Because every culture has a good and bad. Every culture has a right and wrong. Every culture has a good and evil. And if you never hear the gospel, I'm talking about you never hear about Jesus at all. You never, no one ever comes to you and tells you about the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for us. And you never see any video. You never watch anything on YouTube. You don't have any internet. You don't have any TV. You don't have anything at all. You have, you have nothing in there at all. No, no conversation about Jesus, none of that stuff. God is saying you will be judged according to the law that is written on your heart. The intrinsic value of right and wrong, good and bad, good and evil. That is going, God is going to get in that space and deal with that accordingly. So the question, do those in the world know their deeds are wicked? Absolutely. Absolutely they do. And so what happens for a lot of us is that in order for us to justify what we do that we know doesn't line up with God is we have to manufacture our own righteousness. We have to manufacture our own righteousness. How many of us have heard people say this before? I'm living my truth. In the world that we live in today, more so than in any other generation, everybody has their truth now. Truth is relative. According to them anyway. Everybody has their own version of the truth and I'm going to live out my truth. Even if my truth is misaligned with the Bible, misaligned with Christ, misaligned with God, misaligned with the Holy Spirit, I'm going to live out my truth. And as a result of that, T, appreciate you, because of that, I got to step over the cross in order to live out my truth. In order for a lot of people in this world today to misalign themselves with God and feel peace in their souls, I guess. Because I surely didn't when I tried to live out my truth. I didn't feel peace. So, you know, what that's worth. 
But in order to do that, they have to manufacture their righteousness, self-righteousness. How do I judge myself as right? Judge myself as good? Just myself as righteous? You see how a lot of people ask the question, if God is so good, why would he create hell? If God is so good, why would he allow bad things to happen? If God is so good, why would he punish those who don't love him? You are creating your own righteousness to justify what you really want to do. You found something that you want to do that is misaligned with what God wants for us. And it might have come through church hurt. I'm not, we're not going, not going to knock that. Might have come through church hurt, you know, because we got a whole bunch of people in here who, you know, we Christians, but we some judgmental mother lovers. We are some straight up judgmental, mean, hard hearted, you know, want to follow the rules when it's convenient. Mother lovers. So it might have come through some church hurt, no doubt. But we use that church hurt to justify I'm going to live the way I want to live. We use we use anything to justify the way that I want to do my life. So if I want to burn sage and follow Jesus, I'm going to follow Jesus and burn sage. If I want to tear Jesus down, I'm going to tear Jesus down. If I want to, you know, if I want to sleep with whoever I want to sleep with, whenever I want to sleep with, however I want to sleep with, I'm going to do what I want to do and find a way to justify it. I'm going to live out my righteousness, my truth, and not even God can take that from me. And then I'm going to wrap it up in such a way to where I'm right and God's wrong. Like I, I told, I told y'all this a while before. I don't get into debates with unbelievers. Because unbelievers have made up their mind that this is what they want to do. Unbelievers are going to unbelieve. They have assumed the throne of their righteousness and are placing God in their judgment. Who are you to tell me what's right and wrong? He's the creator of the universe. He's the king, not a president. He created all this, so of course he gets to write the rules. He created all this. But, again, in order for them, in any, even us Christians, guy, we ain't exempt. Ro Romans chapter 2 just called us out. We ain't exempt. We will step over the cross to do whatever it is that we want to do. We will step over Jesus in a New York minute. To do whatever it is that we want to do. So I submit to us today. Yes. Do those in the world know that their deeds are wicked? Absolutely they do. Absolutely they do. Look at children. Children. 
as soon as they out the womb, they already looking to survive, take care of themselves at all costs. Mine. No. They know those words faster than yes and, you know, <laughs> they'll snatch some from somebody in the New York minute and slap the taste out their mouths. Instinctual. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And we all know this. But we create a righteousness that is not the righteousness of God. We create our own righteousness and won't submit to the righteousness of God. And we'll delude ourselves and God will give us over to a reprobated mind and delude ourselves into believing that we're right when we're wrong. Exchanging the truth about God for a lie. Worshiping creation rather than the creator. And getting mad with God. Because how dare he? How dare he not let me be in the kingdom of heaven. Despite the fact that I'm, I'm not living up to what he wants me to do. <laughs> and what God tells us in that. As a, as a, as a brief aside. Is that what God would lo who loves his people would force them into a relationship with him. That's the first thing. Second and more important, if you don't love God now, doesn't spending eternity with God sound like torture and torment to you? Because that's the end goal of heaven. Heaven is to be with the Lord forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever, and ever, and ever, and ever, and ever. If you don't want to be with him now, what sense does it make to want to be with him for the rest of your eternity? Ever, ever, forever, ever, forever, ever. It's like being married to somebody you don't love. You just tolerating that person. You don't love that person. You married that person for the benefits, but you don't want that person. God's saying the same thing. You don't want to spend eternity. You don't want to spend time with me now. What's it going to feel like spending eternity with me? You don't want that smoke. You don't want that life. So why? So why do you? Why are you upset with how I got it set up? You don't want nothing to do with me now. Why are you mad? What person who loves you? would force you to love them back. That's not love. We don't, we, 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 we don't want to love God, but we don't want the consequences that come with it. Call a spade a spade. Which therein lies, once again, we know. We know. We're just picking and choosing to justify our own self-righteousness. To justify our own self-righteousness. And as a result of that, we, the believers in God, must always remember that there is a lane and a path for people who don't know who Jesus is and have never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's the caveat. That is the caveat. They've never heard the gospel never heard it they've never heard about jesus they've never heard about the what he's done for us what he's accomplished for us that salvation has come you know that we are that you know that the, the kingdom is near that the, the kingdom is you know all we gotta do is repent and believe they never heard that 
God has a road map for them. But be, and because he has a road map for them, it shows that we have an intrinsic knowledge of right and wrong, good and bad, good and evil in our hearts. We know. And so we are without excuse. Because for the vast majority of people, even the ones that are rolling through TikTok right now, although everything about God can plainly be seen, can plainly be seen, plainly be seen, we've exchanged the truth about God for a lie, and we're worshiping creation rather than creator. And in doing so, we're deciding I want nothing to do with God. You're watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. We're with you Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're grateful for the 2,300 likes that we have received so far. We're thankful for every uh, like, every share, every comment. We're thankful even to the ones who are giving gifts today. As I say all the time, I got my own job. I make my own money, pay my own bills. So you are not paying me. You are paying the true. You are giving your money to the true gospel ministry to keep up our subscriptions, to keep up our website. If you have missed any part of this recording or you want to listen to past episodes, you can go to Spotify and Apple Podcasts right now and listen to all of our episodes from the very first one up to today. We'll have today's episode loaded up um, around 9 o'clock this morning, um, Eastern Standard Time. And so feel free to go to Spotify and iTunes at any time and listen to the True Gospel Morning Show, the podcast. We'll be right back with you in just a moment.
You're watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. We're with you Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Certainly glad for the 2,700 likes that we've received thus far. Go ahead and keep those likes up. Keep those likes up. We really do appreciate y'all for so much uh, for every like that you are giving us here on the True Gospel Morning Show. Um, Somebody asked the question, do we believe in the history of Christianity, a.k.a. the marketing of Christianity? Um, I don't quite understand the question that's being asked in that regard. And so if you don't mind giving us a little more context about what you're trying to ask us in that in that um, space, I'd be greatly appreciative because I want to know more about what you're referring to before giving an honest um, critique or answer to the question that you asked. And so if that person's still on um, who asked that question, by all means, please uh, give us some more context about agreeing with the history and marketing of Christianity because I don't understand quite what you're asking in that question. Um, there's a question um, that someone had asked earlier, I believe it was either, either late last week or earlier this week. They asked, what, did, what about the people who only believe in God? Um, so... I'm going to do this drive by again because I, I love it so much. Like it just, just just to see all the pieces come together. And so I hope you guys have that same um, have that same enjoyment that I have when I'm rolling through showing, you know, the supremacy of God in the Trent the Holy Trinity. Um, and so I'm going to drive do a drive by that one more again because I enjoy it. Like I, I, I can't get enough of it. So I'm going to go through it one more again. Um, let's see. Ask to pray for. Um, for, pray for me. And so we got you back. We're going to be praying for you right here on the True Gospel Morning Show. Um, so here we go. The question again, people, what, what about the people who only believe in God? So here we go. Y'all ready? Buckle up and hold on tight. Excuse me. That came out me so wrong. I'm so sorry, y'all. All right. Genesis chapter one. Verse number one, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void and darkness was over the face of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. Verse 26 of the same chapter. Then God said, let us sit. Just stop right there. Let us, us, us. So in this, we see God, the father, God, the son, God, the Holy Spirit, God, Jesus, Holy Spirit. They're all there. They're all present at the beginning of the creation of the world. If we go to John chapter one. John chapter one. Starting at verse 1, it says the following words. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness does not overcome it. Skip down to verse 14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. 
Go to Matthew chapter 3. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him saying, I need to be baptized by you and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water and behold, the heavens were open to him and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Skip over to Colossians. Colossians chapter 1, verse 15. He is the image of the invisible God, Christ, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2, starting with verse number 5. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed upon him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. And then there's one more place. John chapter 16, verse number 12. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come true. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. So, to the one who says that they only believe in God, Okay, 
I don't know what to tell you. All I know is what Jesus told me and what Jesus told his disciples and what Jesus tells all of us. I can only tell you what Paul and Peter and James and all them have testified, what Matthew has testified to, what John has testified to. All I can tell you is what Moses said when, when, he, when, he, when he scribed Genesis. And if I say that I believe in Jesus, then I got to believe everything he says. When he says, I and my father are one. When he says that I glorify God and God glorifies me. When he says, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. When God says, I'm going to pour out. Woo! Ezekiel chapter 36. I, I, wow, I never, I never put that together. I never put that together, but I'm, I'm putting I see what you did there, Jesus. I see what you did there. Give me a minute. I'm going to find it. And when I do, -wee! Ezekiel chapter 36. Thirty-six, twenty-six. I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and will give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. I don't know what to tell you. Father, Son, Spirit, God, Jesus, Holy Ghost, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And all three have testified to one another. When Paul says all scripture is breathed by the Spirit, inspired by the Spirit, that's the Spirit talking. I don't know what to tell you. If you want to believe in God and God alone, that's fine. I'm not going to stop you. All I know is that if I say I believe in Jesus, then I got to believe in everything he says. Everything. I can't just take the parts that I like. I can't twist the things that I like to justify self-righteousness, how I want to live and how I want to be and how I want to do. No. I got to believe everything. Got to believe everything that he says. Got to love what he loves, hate what he hates. Got to I got to be a Christian. <laughs> I got to be a Christian. Like I can't not believe in him and say I can't believe in him and not believe in what he says. I can't believe in this in the in the pixie dust and not follow the precepts. So if Jesus said, I and my father are one, before Abraham was I am, God glorifies me and I glorify him. I'ma send you a Holy Spirit that's gonna remind you of everything that we've accomplished, that's gonna lead and guide you in all truth, it's gonna empower you to live out and empower you to do the works. If all these people are testifying to who Christ is, what he's accomplished, what he's done, and I say I believe in him, 
then I got to believe in everything he says. And again, he says, Father, Son, and Spirit, we are one. We are one. That's cool. We are one. Holy Trinity. I think that's going to be a new thing for me. Mm. 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 But we the believers. This is what we believe. Apostles Creed. I believe in God the Father. Almighty. Creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ. His only son our Lord. Who was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate. Was crucified. Died and buried. He descended to hell. Third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended to heaven and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Unified Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. That is what I believe as a believer in Jesus Christ. So I can't pick and choose what parts of the Bible fit my narrative that's called self-righteousness i can't pick and choose which ones i want to follow i got to either follow it all or follow none of it god don't want no lukewarm crap either we're in or we out yes or no so if he says that we're three in one then dog it he three in one that's what he said that's why so for those for what do we say to those who only believe in god okay if that's what you want to believe that's fine I'm not going to stop you. Do what you do, Slick. But I know what Jesus said. And that's what I'm going to stand on. So if you want to jump on this train, holler at your boy. Let's have a discussion. But if you are on your side and you I want to believe in God and God only, do you, boo-boo? You got this. You got this. Because what am I? What am I? What am I going to say that's going to convince you otherwise? If you are, if you are strongly for what you are for, do what you do. <laughs> do what you do. Who am I? I don't have a heaven or a hell to put nobody in. I say this all the time. I have no heaven or hell to put anybody in. So what does it look like me arguing with somebody over what they believe? You believe it. Congratulations. You're not going to stop me. No, no more than I'm going to stop you. So we can talk. We can discuss. But at the end of the day, I'm my job is I, I can be persuasive. You know, I can string some stuff together, you know, but at the end of the day, if you believe in God and God alone, no Jesus, no Holy Spirit, none of that stuff, do you, dude? Do you. I feel sorry for you. But do what you do, dude. It's all good. Hey, we all believe in something. Even if something is called nothing, we all believe in something. Unbelief is still belief. And so, at the end of the day, we ain't stopping nobody from doing what they want to do. If that's what that's where you want to go, that's where you fall, do what you do. But at the end of the day, what Jesus said is what Jesus said. And if I'm believing in Jesus, I got to believe in the whole thing. 
So if he said that he and his father are one, and that the God, God glorifies him and he glorifies God, and that he's going to send us a spirit that's going to glorify them and lead in God and encourage and empower, and God himself testified saying that he was going to send down the spirit to be, with, to be within us, they were there from the beginning. They, they created the entire world. They were there. And they're going to be there at the end. Like, I believe it. Because I believe in Jesus. So, again, you do what you do. We ain't, we ain't got a heaven or hell to put you in. Do what you do. But just know that there's a day coming when the one who does have the power to put you in heaven and hell is going to decide where you going. And I will only hope that you will have repented and believed in Jesus Christ. Because Jesus said, the only way to the Father is through me. You're watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. We're with you Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Certainly grateful for the 2,900 likes that we have received on today. Thank you for every like, every follow, every share, every comment. Really appreciate you guys from the bottom of my heart. Thank you for the gifts that we've also received. Know that every gift that you give goes straight to the True Gospel Ministry um, to help keep up our subscriptions in our website. If you missed any part of this message, any part of this recording, you can go to Spotify and Apple Podcasts right now and listen to the True Gospel Morning Show, the podcast, to catch up on past episodes or to catch up on anything that you might have missed today. So go hit that subscribe button over there right now on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We'll be right back in just a moment.
You're watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. We're with you Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Certainly great for everyone who is on the live with us today and certainly hope that we've been able to give you some word of, words of encouragement to help you along your day. Um, our last topic of the day is um, going to be a recap of a conversation that we were having yesterday about um, believing in vain. Um, believing in vain. Um, we, 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 someone asked the question, what does it mean? Basically, what does it mean to believe in vain? And to believe in vain is to not take the word of God seriously. It's, it's to not take Jesus seriously. It's to not take what he's saying to us seriously. Um, it's really, it's really that simple. Um, for a lot of us, I say, and I say this all the time. I say this all the time. We have truly, in the world that we live in today, although it's been happening since the beginning, but really in today's time, especially in American Christianity, our faith could not be more shallow. Like We truly are seeing a day where a lot of our Christians are, a lot of our Christians, a lot of them are babies in the faith like our elders in our churches are babies our pastors are babies like our our teachers are babies in the faith like there's a lot of babies out here trying to guide babies and again I'm, I was guilty I was guilty because you know they they knew they just my, my, my family just knew when I was five years old I'm gonna be a preacher and not nan one of my family members ever told me what the gospel was. Nan one of them. Never never told me, never taught me how to read the Bible, never taught me how to pray. You know, they taught me how to wow a crowd at a church. You know, but they never taught me how to do any of those things. Like we we, we went to Bible study. We went to Bible study a lot, but a lot of our a lot of our our our, our, our a lot of our Faith, a lot of our faith walkers today are babies in Christ. And Gaslight, you may you you may be right. He said, "Come to us as come to him as a child," but that's initial repentance and belief. Even Paul himself said, "Y'all should be on meat by now. Y'all still drinking milk. Y'all still stuck on the fundamentals. Like we should have moved on from that stuff." And I'm talking about the fundamental that Jesus died and rose again. Like y'all done forgot that. Like y'all still on the y'all still on milk. What the crap? So yeah, we should, we should come to him as babies. Yes, absolutely. Come to him as little children. Yes, humble, eager, excited. We should always have a, a childlike spirit when it comes to coming to Christ. We should never get so high and mighty that we think we know it all. But even Paul said, like, at some point, man, like, we got to grow. The faith that we have that's the size of a mustard seed ought to grow to a tree at some point. The word that God gives us that we put into the ground, it ought to grow at some point. Ought to, you know, gain some interest that, you know, we ought to have given it and divided it up in some type of way to where we got some money off of that. I, you got, God, you gave me five. I got back ten. God, you gave me two. I got back four. You know, we, at some point, our faith's got to grow. Like, we sh our faith should still not be a baby. We should not have baby faith. 
we should come to God and, and like children with a childlike, you know, spirit. Like, please give me more. Please give me more. Like, give me, give me, give me. Yes. Run to him with humility, with zeal. Absolutely. But our faith should grow at some point. We got a lot of shallow people in this faith walk that we have. And we got a lot of people that are using God as an add-on. And he's not become our lives. And that's when we're, we, we are putting something above him. We're putting something above him. And as a result, we're believing God in vain. Paul says it like this in Romans chapter 6. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in the newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. Let not sin, verse 12, therefore reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. Do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. For sin will have no dominion over you since you are not under law, but under grace. There are many people out here who believe well, I can just do whatever I want to do because God forgives 70 times 7 a day. So I'm going to do what I want to do. I do to live how I want to live. I'm going to just do it how I want to do it. God forgives. You're believing in vain. Because what you really want to do, you still going to do. YOLO. But then you still want to have Jesus too. Yeah. I ain't got a heaven or hell to put nobody in. So if you got a really, if you say you got a relationship with Jesus Christ, you believe in God, and you know that He died and rose again, you believe that with your heart, confess it with your mouth, you are saved. God does that work, not me. So I don't know. But all I'm saying is, there's many of us who have cheapened the grace of God by assuming. That now that I have a relationship with him and he's forgiven me for all my sins, I can go do what I want to do. Our heart's posture switches when we become a part of the kingdom. We don't want to just go do what we want to do without knocking up against and grieving the Holy Spirit within us. You can still go do it, but promise you won't be as satisfying as it once was. Not if you're rocking with Jesus. Not if you're rocking with Jesus. It might feel so good, but your soul going to be toe up from the flow up if you're rocking with Jesus. But a lot of us, we've cheapened our, the, the grace of God so much so that it begs to wonder whether we're truly converted. Because there's no struggle there. It's, God forgives, so I'm going to just do what I want to do. That's not, that's not, how God's grace is, it doesn't how it works. God's grace is not to then propel us to go sin some more. But again, that's what believing in vain is. And that's what it does. And you got a lot of people 
a lot of preachers, teachers, deacons, Christians who are out here peddling, pretending that they are Christians when they're really not. And what Paul and James and Peter and Jesus himself, you know, and even, you know, um, God before them and all the prophets and all them. Y'all know these scriptures and you know the righteous decrees and you know the laws and you know all this stuff. But you ain't, you, li you living like you don't care about them. You're living like it don't matter. What are you going to church for? What are you, what are you reading scripture for? Almost going back full circle to what we talked about before. What are you doing it for? If your heart's not really in it, what are you doing it for? What are you what are you coming to church for? What are you what are you reading your Bible for? What are you praying for? What are you reading books for? Believing in vain is when you know you know some stuff. And you claim to be walking in this stuff. But there's something or someone who has your affections and your attention just a little bit more. So what are you believing in God for? Some of us say, and this is again going back to what I said with shallow faith. Some of us say that we're believing in Jesus because we love Jesus, but we really love Jesus' stuff. So we seek the kingdom and his righteousness. All these things be added unto us. We care about the all things being added to us. Can we call a spade a spade? When we hear delight thyself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart, we hear give you the desires of your heart. We don't hear the delight your delight thyself in the Lord. So we got to ask ourselves the question: What are you believing in God for? Do you really want Him, or do you want something else? And you're just using Him to get to what you want. Because there's people out here who do what they want to do so that they can feel guiltless, guilt-free. Because God forgives 70 times 7 a day. We family, come on, we family. You, you know, you know, you know, you know we talking truth. You don't want God, you want to be guilt-free. So you use God's forgiveness and cheapen it so you can justify doing what you want to do. You don't really want God. You want the blessings. You want the money. You want the job. You want the car. You want the house. You want the kids. You want the spouse. So you worship God, but you're only worshiping him to get him to open up his hand. And give you what you really are worshiping. What you really want. Tell me what you want. What you really, really want. 
That's what believing in vain is about. That is what believing in vain is all about. And so again, I would say to us today as believers, check your heart. Check your heart's posture. If you are questioning whether or not you really believe in God, go holler at your boy. Go holler at him. Because at the end of the day, he's, come here. I, I want I, I want you to have more of me. I want to give you more of me. Let's, let's talk about that. Christ is the only thing that can satisfy the longings of the soul. And upon repentance and belief, you can have it. Listen, guys, I love y'all so much. Thank y'all so much for taking a little bit of time out of your day for watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. Thank you for the 3,000 likes that we've gotten today. Thank you for all the shares. Thank you for all the likes. Thank you for all the comments. Thank you for the follows. Thank you for the gifts that we got today. I am so thankful from the bottom of my heart for everything that you guys are doing to support this show. Thank you so, so, so much. Hope this show has been a blessing to you. Certainly has been a blessing to me. As always, if you can't see the good, be the good. Love you guys. Peace out, homies.